0: Hello Louisiana. I'm Carrie Martin and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture Podcast for Thursday, September 19th of 2019.
1: Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture Podcast.
0: A look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. What is the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol, and how does it affect the U.S. cotton industry? We'll talk more about that with Louisiana cotton producer Ted Schneider of Lake Providence. He chairs the Cotton USA Sustainability Task Force. We'll have that conversation with Ted Schneider coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. Former U.S. Secretaries of Agriculture going all the way back to the Reagan administration stood together today in support of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. U.S. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue says it was an honor to band together with so many former secretaries in support of the USMCA.
1: Very important to me that we all have joined forces to uh, really to announce unanimous support of the trade deal. These folks here and I and the others who signed the letter know how important uh, trade is to our farmers. We built a a very productive uh, environment in the United States by virtue of technology and genetics and many other things. And uh, our farmers are so productive that uh, they have built a supply chain that's really dependent upon Uh, moving product offshore.
0: The group signed a letter to Congress urging lawmakers to pass the trade agreement to provide certainty in the North American market for the U.S. farm sector and rural economy. The group included former Agriculture Secretaries John Block, Mike Espy, Dan Glickman, Ann Veneman, Mike Johans, Ed Schaefer, and Tom Vilsack. Secretary Purdue says the letter shows support for USMCA crosses all political parties. The Department of Agriculture is giving dairy producers an extra week to sign up for the dairy margin coverage program. USDA's Bill Northey told lawmakers Thursday the deadline will extend to September 27th. Northey made the comment during a House Agriculture Subcommittee on General Farm Commodities and Risk Management hearing. The latest USDA forecast shows slight yield declines for both corn and soybeans. Michael Clements has more. Crop predictions from the Department of Agriculture are beginning to reflect the challenging growing conditions this year, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. However, Shelby Swain Myers, Associate Policy Advisor at the Indiana Farm Bureau, says the yield and production decline for corn in the September report was not as significant as anticipated.
2: Despite all the historic planting delays that we had, farmers are still able to plant over 90 million corn acres this year, and the expected 13.8 billion bushels of corn is well above of the 12 billion bushel crop that was kind of rumored in late May to early June when we were still trying to get that final push to plant.
0: Despite a trade standoff with China, Meyer says soybean supply and demand expectations are better than anticipated.
2: On the supply side, planted acreage and yield are below prior year levels, which is to be expected. But the demand side, though exports have slowed, the crushing has accelerated and the U.S. is starting to work through that soybean surplus. With a billion bushels soybean carried out, we expect a decline about 36% below 2018 ending stock.
0: When it comes to predicting the crop totals for 2019, she says farmers need to be patient.
2: After this report, I think the theme of this year's crop season is patience. We've had to be patient to get a crop in, patient while it grows, and we'll have to be patient through harvest to allow for full maturity and to get the crops out when appropriate.
0: Find more analysis of the report on the Market Intel page at fb.org. Michael Clements, Washington. U.S. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue has designated two Louisiana parishes as primary natural disaster areas. Producers who suffered losses due to two separate disaster events may be eligible for USDA Farm Service Agency emergency loans. The two parishes affected in the declaration include Catahoula Parish, who suffered losses due to flooding that occurred between September 1st of 2018 and July 17th of 2019, and Vermilion Parish, who suffered losses due to excessive rain and flooding that occurred between June 5th and June 15th of 2019. Producers in contiguous parishes are also eligible to apply for emergency loans. So in addition to Catahoula and Vermilion, Farmers in Avoyles, Caldwell, Concordia, Franklin, LaSalle, Tensaw, Acadia, Cameron, Iberia, Jeff Davis, and Lafayette are also eligible to apply for emergency loans. We're seeing an increase in eastern equine encephalitis and West Nile cases in horses this year. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain. We now have
1: 23 horses. Confirmed with Eastern and West Nile. Last year we only had eight. So again, there's been an uptick in the number of horses with these orboviruses. And of course, they are transmitted by mosquitoes. And Eastern and West Nile is highly fatal in horses and also can affect
0: people. West Nile virus can also affect humans. Strain says we have five cases of West Nile virus in humans so far this year. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always check our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com, for the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. Click the button in the middle of the home page, fill out your name and email address, and we'll send The Daily Voice right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the voice of Louisiana agriculture podcast. We saw a higher close today in both the corn and soybean markets. Oliver Slope is with Blue Line Futures on the trading floor in Chicago.
3: We're kind of in that time of year where the news cycle slows down a little bit, and you're seeing that reflected in price action here today, acting uh, similar to a stick in a mud for that corn market, but still relatively upbeat. And we got some good news across the wires this morning. Great exports, uh, some of the best that we've seen in a while. That's uh, definitely a silver lining. But we want to see this become a trend going forward. And if we can see that, I think the opportunity, the upside, is very nice. We know. That the funds have a pretty decent size net short position. So if we're able to get a continuation of good news, that being exports, get out above technical resistance, I wouldn't be surprised to see that create a little bit of a short covering rally. Now for the resistance pocket that we're looking at, 377 to 381, this has been the top end of the range after breaking down from last month's USDA report. We can achieve consecutive closes out above here. There's really not a lot in the way until you get back to that gap that we left uh, a month and a half ago or so, up at 392 and three quarters.
0: November soybeans up four and a quarter, closing at eight ninety three. 93 January up three and three quarters, nine o six. Corn was higher. December corn up one5 3 dollars 372 and a half, $3.72 and three quarters. March corn up one and a half, $3.84. July wheat down one and a half at 5 dollars 502 and a quarter. Rough rice closed higher. November rice up five and a half, 12.36. And a half. January rice up eight cents, closing at twelve fifty six dollars hundred weight. November sugar, up four points, 25.54 cents. Now with a look at the cotton market, here's Don Molino. Cotton futures at New York traded slightly lower in the front months Thursday. USDA reported cotton export sales for the week ending September 12th, total 85,000 running bales for upland, with another 19,300 running bales booked for 2020. China canceled another 39,317 running bales of old crop purchases. A total of eleven thousand eight hundred sixty-two metric tons of cotton was sold from Chinese state reserves on Thursday, totaling just over 99 percent of the amount offered. The cotton a index down 130 points on September 18th to 72.40 a pound. At New York Thursday afternoon, October cotton 58.99 down 37. New crop December 60.33 down 17. March 61.06 down 16. The spot market price 60.33 down 17. I'm Don Molino, on the voice of Louisiana Agriculture Podcast. At the Kinder Livestock Auction, Kinder, Louisiana, this week, two to three hundred pound steers brought a dollar ten to a dollar eighty a pound. Three to four weight steers, a dollar to a dollar seventy. Four to five hundred pound steers brought ninety cents to a dollar fifty a pound. Five to six weight steers, eighty to a dollar thirty five. With six to seven weight steers bringing seventy cents to a dollar twenty five a pound. Bred cows ranged from a low of three hundred fifty to a high of thousand dollars a head, cow calf pairs brought four hundred to twelve fifty a pair. Cattle futures closed mixed, live cattle were lower October down fifty seven at ninety nine eighty, while feeder cattle closed higher, October feeders up fifty two cents, one hundred thirty eight ninety two. Documenting sustainability of the U.S. cotton industry is becoming a reality with the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. We'll talk more about that with Louisiana cotton producer Ted Schneider of Lake Providence. Ted chairs the Cotton USA Sustainability Task Force. We'll have that visit with Ted coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
1: This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau has been working for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers since 1922, and that work continues today. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. Farm Bureau knows you're busy running your operation, so while you're at work on your farm or ranch, Farm Bureau is watching out for your interests. So join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture.
0: The voice of Louisiana agriculture podcast. Our guest today is Ted Schneider. Ted is a farmer in the Lake Providence area, way up in East Carroll Parish, up there in the Northeast corner of Louisiana. Ted, how are things going way up there in Northeast Louisiana today?
1: Oh, well, good afternoon, Kerry. And I appreciate you uh, taking time to visit with me. Uh, Things are well here. It's very hot, very dry. We've had a really good harvest season We're we're done harvesting corn here in the East Carroll Parish for the most part. There's some soybeans left to harvest and uh, a lot of cotton left to, to pick.
0: Well, tell us about your farm first. How many acres do you have and in what crops? I've got close to
1: 4,000 acres. We, um, I farm here in northeast corner of Louisiana and in southeast Arkansas. I grow corn, soybeans, and my primary crop this year is cotton.
0: So how did your corn harvest come out? The, the corn harvest,
1: it was about an average harvest for me. Um, I averaged right around 200 bushels to the acre, which has been about my four to five-year average. Soybeans were about half finished with, and they appear to be uh, average to maybe a little above average. Um cotton. I, I haven't defoliated any yet. It looks really good, but um, hopefully we can dodge weather like we've been dodging weather and um, we'll have a good harvest there too.
0: Well, Ted, that sounds, uh, I guess, a little surprising given the year we've had. I know that you guys up in the, in the Lake Providence area just got so much water uh, between rainfall and seep water and all the issues you had to deal with. Uh, I guess it feels pretty good to say you've got a, an average or maybe a little better crop.
1: No, it, it has been uh, the most challenging year that I've had. I've farmed for 35 years. I had 500 acres that I could not plant um, this year, and that that has been a, a real concern to say the least. But, um, you know, we've uh, been very blessed to um, – persevere, I guess. Our crops uh, fared a lot better than I thought they would. Uh, all I can say w- is is I feel very blessed to, uh, to have the crop that I have after the growing season that we've had.
0: Well, you mentioned that you haven't defoliated yet. When are you expecting to put a picker into that crop?
1: I think it will be the first week in October. I've got about uh, 2,000 acres of cotton to pick. So, um, you know, it'll take me the entire month of October to
0: to do that. Well, Ted, one of the reasons I called you today, uh, of course, to get an update on what's going on on the farm, but I also wanted to talk to you about some of your activities with the National Cotton Council. You're chairman of the Cotton USA Sustainability Task Force, and that task force has the job of implementing the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. Tell me about your task force, the work that you're doing, and, and what the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol is all about.
1: Well, the Cotton Sustainability Task Force was formed in April of 2017. That's officially. It actually started uh, with setting goals for the cotton industry in 2015. This came about as a result of brands and retailers requesting a verifiable sustainability protocol for any cotton that they buy anywhere in the world sustainability is a, a growing issue for every industry in the country brands and retailers are driving this um we as farmers have to realize that we are we are an industry but we're an industry within an industry we are in the apparel industry in the cotton business and we have to respond to what they ask for uh that this task force was formed to come up with a sustainability protocol. Uh, There were producers from all over the country. There were actually representatives on the task force from all seven segments of the cotton industry, plus input from brands and retailers and sustainability experts and uh, representatives from other commodity groups who were also working on their own sustainability protocols. We feel like we have developed a very good protocol. It's been very well received by brands and retailers. Uh, This year, 2019, um, we have about 200 cotton producers across the country who are participating in a pilot program, and that's been well received by uh, producers. Uh, that, That was a key for us as a task force to develop a protocol that would not only be acceptable to brands and retailers, but it also had to encourage producer participation. Without producer participation, we wouldn't have a, a viable protocol. So we feel like we've developed a good product. And um, in 2020, we hope to fully roll this out, uh, and we're excited about it.
0: Now, in order to become a protocol producer, what does a grower have to do to get into this program?
1: A grower has to spend about 45 minutes uh, on our website. Um, it's trustuscotton.org. Um, he has to go in and, and tell us about his farm, um, the crops that he grows, you know, cotton, where he gins his cotton, that sort of thing. Just a a profile of his farming operation. And then there's a questionnaire that's about 100 questions that focus on sustainability issues like um, uh, resource uh, efficiency and um, worker safety issues. There's about nine different set of questions, nine different categories With about 10 questions each that a producer has to answer. And then uh, he has to participate in a data management tool, which we're pretty much required. We're required legally to keep records. And, and so we're, we're asking a producer to just highlight what he's been doing for years. It's it like i I filled it out. everybody that I've talked to who's filled out the questionnaire. It's taken them about thirty to forty minutes and and pretty much that's it. You just have to keep your records and then about two to five percent of the farmers who are participating will get audited or uh, we call it verified by independent third party verifier who um, is an expert in sustainability, and that's what creates the viable sustainability program for brands and retailers. is the third party verification.
0: Well, Ted, I know that you have been very involved in the cotton industry last year. You were chairman of cotton council international in that role. Did that kind of set you up or expose you to seeing things in the industry that led you to want to get involved in this program?
1: Uh, very much. So it was an eye-opening experience. I, um, uh, Last year, I went to Asia four different times and met with brands and retailers in nine different countries. And sustainability was a huge issue um, everywhere we went. Uh, We explained our program. It was well-received. Our brands and retailers like U.S. cotton. Um, They do view U.S. cotton as the most sustainably produced in the world, but they just need the verification, the, the 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 third party independent verification that um, we are what what they believe.
0: Again that website trustuscotton.org Ted if a producer wants to get involved in that is that all they have to do go on to that website and get signed up?
1: That is it. That is all he has to do. Um, it's we like I said we try to make it uh, is least burdensome to a producer to participate it's incredibly important that that we get as many producers to sign up for this program and that was a uh, a goal of ours as a task force to to make it as least burdensome for a producer but also at the same time meet the needs of our customers
0: it's the US cotton trust protocol the website is trustuscotton.org and he is Ted Schneider, a farmer from Lake Providence, Louisiana, currently chairing the Cotton USA Sustainability Task Force. Thanks so much for your time, Ted. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: That is the Thursday edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org
3: and lafarmbureau.org.